You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. I hope you're well. The interview subject that I have coming up for your listening pleasure, it's Dan Camilleri from the Melbourne-based outfit Mashiach. Now, the reason for the chat is to promote their sophomore effort. It's called Mask of All Misery. It's a superb affair. And we have a chat about a bunch of other things. So if you love Slayer, Testament, Exodus, Megadeth, this is the band for you. Therefore, this is the conversation for you. So let's get stuck into it. Here he is, Dan from the band Mashiach. Gotcha. There we go. Can you yeah, there's actually a dude out there. It's got the same, he's got the same middle name and born on the same day as me. I, I, I worked with a ton of Camilleri's over the years, and, and I think that I think that between all of the Camilleri's, there's about four first names. So correct me if I'm wrong. There's Joseph, Michael, yeah. and Dan. Yeah, does that sound about right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Charlie, Charlie, you'll get as well. Charlie, Victor, of course, Victor as well. There's another one, Victor. Yeah, there's a few Victor's Cam, Victor Camilleri's out there, mate. But um, mate, I, I might ask might ask the opening question again because this is a version that I will put to air, but. You yeah, know, sure. Just for people listening, the call dropped out, or we had issues with the call, so I've decided to call back on Skype. But one of the key things about this album, the band here, is that uh, yourself um, and other members of the band, okay, you're in Forearm, there's Terra Maze there, and correct me if I'm wrong, did John Deet from Slayer, did he play the drums on this album? Yeah, yeah, he okay. recorded the, the drums. He was a full member for a while, for, for the duration of the first album cycle sort of thing. John was a full member in the band. Yeah, but um, it just didn't work out. Well, he's over in the states. It's bloody hard when that happens, isn't it? I mean, it's not like we're Europe to US. I mean, there's there's bloody fifteen thousand kilometers to separate us more. Right. Well, we well, I mean, we recorded the new album over in the states. Uh, not the new album, sorry, the the debut album we recorded over in the states at Jingletown Studios, which is uh, Green Day's studio in Oakland, California. Cool. Yeah. We all flew out there and sort of recorded everything out there for the debut. But yeah, it just, yeah, it, like logistically it was a problem and it, it was just hard. Like John was pretty busy with anthrax and, and all that sort of thing. So it did make things pretty difficult. Hmm. How did you, just for people out there who don't know that you can do these things these days, I've spoken to, God, what was a band I spoke to who had ver, uh, the uh, Megadeth drummer, sorry, I'll get his name wrong, the guy from Sweden or Finland. Um, but the band from Melbourne or Adelaide just had him on it too, uh, Dirk Verbuten, I think his name is, and then you guys have had John Deet. You can do these things these days if your music's of a certain quality, i.e. high quality. So can, can you talk to me about how that relationship first started? Um, well, originally Paul Bostaff was going to do the drums for Alliance of Thieves. Jesus, oh had, God, yeah. I had uh, spoken to Paul um about it and we were scheduling to, to, to get him to do it but obviously um, Slayer were he was pretty committed to Slayer at the time mm. and just couldn't find the, the, the schedule uh, and the record label was sort of banging on the door to start recording the album so it, it kind of um, didn't work out with Paul but um, mm. John came about through Chris Marrick actually because uh, Chris knew John pretty well mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh Chris also knew that we, we that I was going to use Paul uh, for the debut, mm-hmm. and then when I told him that it had sort of fallen through and all that sort of thing, he he, he suggested John Deddy, and I said, "Well, I, I don't know him," sort of thing. And Chris was like, "I do." So anyway, Chris introduced us, uh, that sort of thing. We sent John some demos and all, all that sort of stuff of the the, the material, and he yep. got back to us and he um, he goes, "I'll do it on one condition." We were like, "Okay, what's that?" And he goes, I want to be a member of the band. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Yeah. So like, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, like obviously with Forearm, I, I did a lot of sort of overseas touring and stuff with with like Slayer and Testament and Overkill. And mm-hmm. once you sort of get in that circle, they're, they're very friendly. Uh, so to speak. So yeah, I mean, do, doing projects and stuff like that. I mean, they're all for it. Chuck was actually going to Chuck Billy from Testament was going to sing on um, one of the songs with yeah. Bobby on, on on the on the debut, but um, Bobby's father passed away during it, so he couldn't commit to it. So okay. we sort yeah. of just, just rolled with it. But yeah, yeah, a bit of backstory that no one probably knows. But yeah, there you go. Yeah, and look, I was going to leave this question until last, but I'm going to ask it now because I consider you a very technically accomplished vocalist and singer and front man so you bring a very solid stage presence but all these people you're talking about man it begs the question have you thought about moving to the states and giving it a red hot go over there oh absolutely absolutely i would love to move to the states um every time i've gone to la i feel like i've gone home yeah uh, and every time i leave i get homesick <laughs> it's really weird actually yeah um look I, I mean i can't i have kids i'm a single dad my kids live with me uh-huh. um so it's 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 kind of an impossibility at the moment for me to be able to do something like that. But um, I would never rule it out. I'd definitely say that um, sometime in the future, I'll definitely be spending a lot more time in the states than I do in Australia. I think you should, man. I think you should. I mean, I think you know, like there's those there's stories out there. You know, bands are replacing frontmen all the time, as you know. And a, a singer like yourself, mate, could probably walk into almost any of the the thrash bands that are out there at the moment, you know, the, I'm talking about Exodus level, that sort of thing, man, but there's probably an up-and-comer like a, oh, I don't know, any one of the bands that are out there because you're not a metalcore or a deathcore singer. You've actually got a good voice. You've actually got a proper singer's voice. Um, no, thank you. And, and uh, yeah. yeah, it lends itself to being able to sing as well as growl, you know, to do that Chuck Billy thing that you've got going on, like to, to your point there about Chuck doing some work with you guys. So, mate, I, I just want to see talent utilised. <laughs> That's one of my key things is, uh, you know, <laughs> Look, I mean, it's, it's definitely something I'd, I'd love to do, um, without a doubt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's just it's just not something that's achievable at the moment without sort of breaking up. The, the I've got three kids. You know what I mean? Two of them are old enough to come with me. One of them's not. So it, it's yeah. sort of it's it's one of those where it's like you know my, my heart's with the kids at the moment, so I, I can't sort of break them up and, and, and that sort of thing. But um, I get it, man. I've I, two I, kids I never too. Never. I'm one of those guys that never say never, yeah, because I, you just don't know what tomorrow holds. So something else. Know. Something else I want to share with you is that I reckon Forearms Submission for Liberty. That was the album that got me back into heavy metal after being fed up with it, probably for the entire 2000s up to that point. To be honest with you. So I remember, oh, wow. yeah, I remember hearing it, and I, and you know where I heard it, bloody MTV or Channel V or whatever it was called, and yeah. I remember seeing the video, and I remember thinking, holy shit, bands like this are back, are they? You know, like yeah. no bullshit. Because I, I never, I mean, I, I've, I've learnt to appreciate deathcore, metalcore now, but I certainly didn't like it when it first came out. I'm 41, right? So you know where my, you know, I grew up with Faith No More and Iron Maiden and Megadeth and this Primus yeah. and this sort of stuff. So a lot of this other shit just sounded like. It was just it was compressed to the living daylights, and then I heard Forearm, and I know you you were the singer in that album, obviously. Um, but what, mate? I've got to ask, mate. What happened with with your time in that band? Because I thought you guys were fucking good. I've got to tell you, with you out uh-huh. front, was that was that just one of those things where you know just decided to go different paths, or can you tell me what happened there? Uh, de- definitely decided to go different paths. I, I think we sort of outgrew each other. Um. Mm. 
there, there were a lot of sort of internal in, internal issues that were going on, especially on the Slayer tour and things like that. It was just like we were in two kind of very different places um, as far as professional music sort of career was and how we viewed it. With like as far as me compared to to you know some of the other members in the band, sure, yeah. and it was it was really just sort of clashing. Do you know what I mean? I, I was sort of at a stage where I wanted to take things uh, to a completely different level and some others were at a stage where they thought they were 17 and Motley Crue. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it just wasn't my style. It was quite embarrassing. So it kind of it imploded on, on the Slayer tour. It, it sort of was over before the tour even ended so to speak, and I had already pretty much put the groundwork in for Mashiach on that tour, to be honest. Um, but only because I wanted to work with like-minded musicians. I wanted to work with with, with just uh, not anything against the guys in Forearm. I mean, nothing against anybody. I, I still talk to Johnny and, and, and mm. that sort of thing. He's a, you know, they're, they're great people. It's just we were at different different stages in life, I think. You know what I mean? Different stages and experiences and what we wanted and what we were trying to accomplish. Um for me, like I said, uh, you know, I, I, I was looking at it at a very different angle uh, to the other guys, and it was causing a lot of sort of uh, tension, so to speak, and, and and a lot of sort of you know poor decisions were being made and things like that. But uh, yeah, it, it kind of just imploded, to be honest, man. And it got to a stage where it was like, I, I, you know, me personally, it's not what I got into music for, and it's not why I do music and, and, and all those sorts of things. I do music because I love it. Like I, like I said to you before, the phone cut out before. It's, to me, music is an extension of your soul. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's another part of you. And every album I've ever worked on has encapsulated that, that time frame and that time period of my life. That's why the music and, and the lyric content is so close to home and so personal um, because it's just me wearing my heart on my sleeve. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 just. I do, yeah, yeah, I do, yeah, so. yeah. And, w- and what I did say that listeners won't be aware of before the phone cut out was that I think this album here—it's called "Mask of Misery," "Mask of All Misery." Um, it's expertly recorded. It's the type of album, and I'll leave Slayer out of it because God knows what's happening with those guys these days. I think they'll be back. That's between you and me and everybody else. <laughs> but um, I reckon this is the sort of album that that Anthrax would would have if you've put the Anthrax label on it. You know, obviously, with their flavour, it would be a killer album for them. Megadeth, definitely. Um, and uh, Metallica are a bit different these days. You know, I, I don't have much time for Metallica, it must be said. But uh, Exodus, Testament, all of those bands, this is an album that that I, I don't want to use words like compete, but I think you know what I'm saying. It's a sort of album that vies for the attention of the fan that likes those bands. And you could, it doesn't surprise me at all that you've toured with Slayer and you've done work with Chuck and John, like we were talking about. Because you're at that level, and this album is actually at that level. So what I want to do is to anybody out there who loves modern day, to your point earlier again, just straight up heavy metal, okay, you want to call it thrash, so be it, but straight up heavy metal, this is the album. This is it for 2019. I don't know whether I've heard a better straight up heavy metal album this year than this one, you know, because it's got you guys, you know, there's the forearm thing, there's the terror maze thing, you got John from Slayer on drums there. I mean, it's it's all happening. And it's not even it's it's an unusual album from the perspective that there's a lot to for you to listen to, but at the same time it's fairly immediate. Does that make sense? So you can actually get into it on the first album, first listen, but yeah, 
the more you listen to it, the more you hear. And I know I'm a musician yep. too. Uh, I know how hard that is to achieve. So, yep. you know, I mean... The onion. <laughs> yeah, the onion. That's exactly right. So, and I, and, I, and I know you don't like descriptors for the music, uh, but uh, well, that's that's my take on it, you know, and, and I just I really hope that it, it does for you guys what you want it to do, you know, because I know it's difficult out there with social media. You know, you need tens of thousands of dollars behind you these days to be really effective on that platform. So this is the question for you. It's an extremely accomplished album, but how the hell do you get it to the ears of the, the masses? How, the, how do you plan on actually getting it out there? Um, well, on the back of this album, um, we're, we're, we'll be fortunate enough finally to be able to do a, a, a lot of touring uh, through 2020, um, which the, the label have finally sort of, has sort of gotten behind us and, and, mm. and are prepared to um, do their bit. To, to make sure that we can get on tour. And the tours at the moment, uh, when I say they're rolling in, we're being offered all sorts of things at the moment, which we're really excited about. Obviously, we can't talk too much about it at the moment um, because most of them are sort of starting in, you know, March and April. Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, they haven't been announced yet. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. June as well. So we can't sort of talk too much about who it's with or anything like that. But rest assured, we are definitely touring this album. Cool. Um, with, with some really really cool bands uh, that we were quite surprised, to be honest. That um, I've, I've learnt in 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 probably in the last, uh, I'd, I'd say the last month or so, like very very surprised to find out who actually listens to Mashiach uh, and who and who are actually fans of the band and, and mm-hmm. who's actually out there sort of rooting for us and trying to get you know tr- trying to get things to happen for the band. It's been quite surprising, actually. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, there's definite things happening uh, for 2020. It looks like it's going to be a very, very busy year for Mashiach, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, hopefully that's what sort of gets things out uh, to where it should be because we can get in front of the masses in, in, in that way. Or, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, then, uh, you know, that, 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 that's, um, that's the ideal plan anyway, you know what I mean, is to get on a few of these sort of, sort of bigger tours internationally yeah. and that sort of to try and sort of get the brand out there but um yeah i mean that that's kind of what we're, we're we're trying to focus on for 2020 um we'll also be writing through 2020 as well because we don't want there to be such a such a big gap for the next installment as well so mm-hmm. yeah Busy yeah gap. do you remember back in the day in the 90s when segression used to support everybody that was coming through whether it was cradle of filth or god knows however many other bands they supported but i wish it was sort of back to that because these days you go to watch a band and there's like four supports and i'm not shitting on any of the bands that do the supports by the way but it is fatiguing for the audience particularly if you go to a lot of shows but i i, I yeah. love the day when you could see sepultura and there was a serious Australian first support or you know they might have bought Sacred Reich with them or somebody else but then there was always an Aussie band on there and you really had a an opportunity because you went to all of these big shows that came through town in the 90s and you'd see that yep. same band three or four times and you get sort of familiar with them that way and then when they came through town by themselves you sort of had the option of going and watching them too but you're, you're the sort of band that I think could fill that fill that role so say with this well, I think the Metallica Slipknot thing will have to be rescheduled. There's no question about that because they've they've just announced shows in the states together on, on one of those festivals. Yep. But you know, imagine that bill. So there's you guys, Slipknot, and then Metallica. That sort oh, of a thing would be killer. You guys could do that too. That's the thing. You wouldn't embarrass yourselves. You'd handle it. 
Oh, yeah, I, I think we'd handle it quite well. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Some bands can't. Some bands get up there and they get nervous or they don't have the, the musicianship or the chops to handle it. But you guys could do it. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd obviously I'd like to think that, yeah. I, um, I mean, we're, we're all pretty seasoned musicians. We've been playing our entire lives, you know what I mean? And, yeah. yeah. Uh, as, as far as sort of doing things on, on, on a sort of larger scale, so to speak, I, you know, I've, I've been there and done that too sort of thing. So, to, you know, I've played on some of the biggest stages in the world. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, doing something like that, I mean, look, personally for me, touring and playing with Metallica or something like that, that's the ultimate goal and dream for me. You know what I mean? Look, I could have died happy after playing Download in the UK on, on, on the 10th year anniversary with Metallica. That, that blew me away doing that. Who was that? Was that with Forearm or who was that with? That was with Forearm, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, we played on the same day that Metallica played. There was 116,000 people there. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, experiences like that, experiences like, you know, obviously touring with Slater and uh, being invited into their circle and all, all that sort of thing. These are things that, for me, like growing up, you could have told me that it was going to happen. I believed you. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's definitely something I've always strived for. So being at that sort of caliber, I, I mean, it's, it's extremely flattering and extremely humbling to, to, to hear, hear you say that, to be honest, because it's um, cool. I'm, I'm not sit there and big nut myself and say, yeah, I'm awesome. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, but it's I think it's I think from an Australian perspective, it's really important we have bands like you guys who who can do it, and not every band can. And I'm not shit, as I said, I'm really being specific. I'm not shitting on any band. Most of the bands out there. Uh, are really good, but some bands are designed for clubs, for example. So I'll mention a name, and I'm not, I think they're a great band, Hope Drone, for example. I just saw uh, them the other night with Wolves in the Throne Room. Great band, really good band, but they're a yep. black metal noise band, right? They wouldn't suit that. Yep. But you guys do no. suit that. So the Metallica yeah, thing, I, I yeah. Our style definitely sort of, you know, I mean, we, we, we could blend in. Uh, with the Metallicas, we could blend in with, you know, Five Finger Death Punch. We could blend in with Slipknot if yes. you want to, with Machine Hunter. Do you know what death, I mean? So but the, Five Finger Death Punch is a really good point because the kids love that shit, don't they? I, I don't like it, to be honest with you, but the kids love that shit. And yeah. you could be the heavy band that introduces them to yep. more music. Yeah. You know, so, and, and I mean, are we intentional in that? Yeah, to a certain extent we are. I mean, I'd, I'd have to say that, it probably does sit in the back of our mind to be that versatile, but it's also because we want to be that versatile. Like we, we could have a set that runs with either either of those bands. You know what I mean? We could go on mm. tour with Slayer very easily, or go on tour with someone like Five Finger Death Punch pretty easily, because our our material could be catered for either audience. Um, and it's it's uh, I don't yeah I mean like, like I said I'd have to say that it, that is probably kind of intentional as far as in the back of our mind we've sort of got that sort of lingering there but I wouldn't yeah. say it's the sole purpose of why we do what we do I mean obviously we we experiment and we try and push ourselves and we just you know we plan on getting better and better and better each time we mm. we do something and every time we write an album we want we want to outdo the first one you know what I mean I I, I still remember that uh, in the writing sessions of Mask of Misery. I'd be posting all the time saying that it's it's it, it destroys Alliance of Thieves. It, it, it destroys the debut album. Do you know what right. I mean? Because we yeah. were getting all this sort of um, 
big rap and that for the for the debut and it was getting great reviews and, and, and all that sort of thing and we, I think we were about three quarters of the way through Master of Misery and I was like this album destroys the debut do you know what I mean like it's it's way better sort of thing and everyone was like oh I'd love to hear it to believe it and all that sort of thing but it's just like I said I, I think we sort of found our home on Mask of All Misery as far as style-wise Yeah, cool, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm hearing, I'm definitely hearing that. And Hey, listen, I'm going to wrap things up because I've got to get to my next one at 8.30. But before I let you go, this is I really wish I'd, I shouldn't have scheduled so many so close to each other. But I'm like you, man. I've got kids and I'm going to get sort of one or two nights to do everything. And, yeah. Um, but um, before I let you go, man, um, tell the listener, how can they get in touch with you? How can they listen to your music? So talking Bandcamp, Facebook, that sort of thing. Uh, music, it's, I mean, it's on every single digital platform that you can think of. So whether it's Spotify or Apple Music or whatever you use uh, sort of digitally, you can get onto it. Our Facebook, uh, you know, Mashiach.com, the, the works, it's all there. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, any stream, YouTube or, or yeah, any digital platform yeah, and, and- in-stores. Yeah, and for anybody listening, I mean, I'm a heavy metal fan. If you just want to listen to a balls-to-the-wall, no-bullshit heavy metal band from Australia, because half of my listenership is from the States, this is the band. Um, you've got everything there. You've certainly, you've sort of, uh, you know, you've, uh, you're have you an alloy, if you like, of all of the great heavy metal that's gone before, Metallica, Megadeth, Testament, Iron Maiden, all of this great stuff. It's all there in your music, and I can even hear some Sweet Death in there, some some At The Gates, that sort of thing, you know. So, man, it's like as if you pick the best of the very best and go on, what do they do well? Right, that's what we're going to do too. That's my interpretation of it. So it's uh, it's, it's high quality, high quality heavy metal. Let's just leave it there. That's what I think it is. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thanks, brother. Well, look, what I'll do from here is I'll, um, I'll if you're comfortable with everything we've spoken about, I certainly am. I'll just post it on Facebook and link in yep. the band if that's okay. And if you want to share it, share away. Yep, not a problem. No worries, mate. All right, really good chatting to you, man. See appreciate it, man. No worries. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. No worries, mate. All the best with it. Good luck. Catch you around. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject was Dan Camilleri from the Melbourne-based outfit, Mashiach. Thanks so much for listening.